Welcome to the Innovative Leader Podcast with Christy Geiger, Master Certified Coach, and David Phillips, Educator, Analyst, and Consultant. Our mission is to equip, inspire, and transform how we lead in life and work. In today's rapidly evolving world, raising the level of leadership is more important than ever before. Weekly topics support you to navigate the changing tide of business and leadership. Here are your hosts, Christy and David. Hey folks, how are you? I hope you're doing well. Uh, we have missed you uh, for the last couple of weeks. We've, we've had some podcasts put up, but uh, we've been out and um, so we're, we're back at it. Uh, with uh, for about three weeks we've been we've been away so um anyway it's good to be back uh leaders and so today we're going to talk about um lateral thinking uh in the context of leadership and uh so we're gonna we're gonna spend some time today to to kind of introduce you to the topic if you don't uh, know what that is so we'll we'll talk a little bit about what it is uh and about why it's uh important and uh, then we'll talk a little bit about how you do it as well. Christy, um, I've missed you. Uh, I have to say, uh, I always love our conversation. So this three weeks that we haven't been together has been uh, a little rough. My, my brain is not as engaged as it may normally be. So uh, I look forward to engaging that a little bit today. Cool. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So let's talk about uh, a little bit about lateral thinking. Uh, Christy, what is lateral thinking? How do we, you know, how do we get there? How do we differentiate it from maybe design thinking or, or linear thinking? Talk, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so recently I've been thinking about lateral thinking because I've been thinking about the skill of discernment and in our 4.0 world, where leaders need to be more discerning, where we have an increase in speed, right? That we've always had speed, but it's increasing even more. How do you be discerning and make decisions as a leader? And then I was thinking about what are the components of that? And then for whatever reason, I'd run into some things around lateral thinking. I do think it's interesting design thinking is another piece of that that I think is not the same and different because design thinking, we could probably do another episode on design thinking because a very important part of 4.0 leadership thinking. But lateral thinking, to me, it seems to build on traditional logical thinking. In our 2.0 world, it feels that the world moved a little bit slower, even though in that day it didn't feel like it was moving slow, it was for sure moving slower than it is now. And the innovations and, and advancements were slower than they are now. And so lateral or linear thinking is really that logical thinking where you can research facts and you can research data you have time for surveys and meetings and group think and whatnot, and you can discern and put together a lot of facts in order to come to a suggestion for a, a problem. What should we do about this problem? And what's interesting about lateral thinking that I think is fascinating is this concept of the left brain and the right brain. You know how we talk about the right brain is more 
fact-based versus your left brain is more creative and whatever we can go into the science on that where they might debunk that these days that that's not true that you can't segment the brain like that but historically the stereotype has been this creative thinker versus this logical thinker and what's really fascinating about lateral thinking is that it's a call to leaders to have your logical thinking and your creative thinking coupled together and it's interesting to look at what does that even mean? Why is that beneficial? Why do we have to do that? And how should we do that? So David, when you've been looking at lateral thinking, like what do you understand? So to me, my understanding is this left brain, right brain, it brings some creativity, problem solving, out of the box thinking into a traditional linear fact-based problem solving. What is your understanding of lateral thinking and how it's different than kind of that linear traditional thinking. Yeah, so um, for me, it's it's whole brain thinking. Uh, so you're thinking with your entire brain. Uh, additionally, it is um, it's it's deconstructive. Um, so you you really kind of break things apart into their um, their components to to do the problem solving, and I think that's important. You know, um, real quick. Uh, so one of my friends and I were talking about um, uh, how, how you study things. And uh, so we were talking about the difference between um, he had, he had a two, two kids the same day went out and studied birds. And one studied birds with an ornithologist, uh, you know, scientist who speci specifies in birds. And they took um, they took that bird and they dissected it and put it in its component parts. So you've got bones, you've got you know organs, those kinds of things. So they really deconstructed that that bird. The the other child went uh, with a um, more of a, a, a biologist or a, someone who who just observes uh, birds in the field. And so they they looked at the bird from a completely different standpoint. And you know, it's it's kind of like when you uh, whole brain thinking for me is kind of like when you uh, when you eat the way you eat an apple versus the way you eat uh, an orange. Um, you eat an apple by you just bite into it. You don't most a lot of people do. I know sometimes you can cut it up in slices and peel it on it, but you can just grab an apple and bite into it. If you do that with an orange, it's going to be quite bitter. Uh, so when you do it with an orange, you, you have to peel back the layers, same with an onion. Uh, you peel it back and then you you pull it apart and that's how you eat a, an orange. Uh, so it, it takes kind of a, a whole brain uh, doing it, um, looking at it whole brain. So, so in some cases it's observation, it is, um, um, it is exploring and examining it in its, its natural habitat, for instance. And in other cases, it is breaking things down into pieces and then looking at putting things back together in a different way. For me, that's what lateral thinking is. That lateral thinking is more the orange versus the apple? No, it's just, it's just, um, so, you know, when you, when you communicate, sometimes you need to break things down in component pieces. Sometimes you need to tell the story and, and make it more whole, holistic. When, when you're doing uh, lateral thinking, sometimes 
you you can look at it and you look at things and you break things down in the context of its uh, of where it is more organic. You look at it, you observe it, you observe it from different perspectives. You and you you observe it uh, other people's understanding of things, and then the. Uh, then when you get ready to, uh, the other part of understanding it to, to design a solution or figure it out is to also break it into its kind of component parts. So it's not one or the other, it's both. So the apple is, you, you take a bite of the whole, you look at the whole thing. The, the orange is you peel it apart, break it down. And, and I, think, uh, I think when I think about uh, lateral thinking, creative thinking, even to some degree design thinking. I think about that that holistic brain where you're where you're looking at it uh, from different perspectives, uh, and then at the same time you break those things down into its component parts. And then when you can do both of those well, then you can put together a solution that um, that really comes together and solves a problem differently than if you were just trying to look at it from a traditional methodology. And how would you describe the traditional methodology with the orange and the apple? Um, that's a, so I, I think for most of us, we, we just, uh, I, I'm not sure I can describe it with an orange and an apple. <laughs> um, I think traditionally we look at a problem, um, someone, uh, and then we just look at that problem and, and we come across, it's like, I'm trying to think of an example. It's like um, a person has the hiccups. So we, we have certain things that we do, uh, you know, the tricks of the trade. We hold our breath, we mm -hmm. you know, drink water, uh, those kinds of things. Um, and, and, but yet, but yet, lateral thinking forces you to, to kind of think outside of that traditional box so that you come across a, a different solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. And so that's, uh, that's kind of how I describe it. Mm -hmm. I, I just kind of convoluted, I know. Uh, I apologize for that. No, <laughs> no, 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 it's good. <laughs> I, I think it's important. To, it's good to just kind of think about what is that difference because on one hand it can seem very similar and it can seem like well sure that's what we've always done but on the other hand what I think about with the orange that I'm not sure if this dovetails or not but um, think about how in 4.0 really there's this necessity to simplify and what you were talking about with making the components or breaking it down, that sometimes if you take that one piece of the orange and you take that one piece of the orange out and you're studying the orange and you see the little juice, I don't know what they're called, you know, the cell yeah. pockets for the juice yeah. and whatever, like you may notice more about the, um, whatever, I wish I knew all the parts of the orange, yeah. but anyhow, the, <laughs> the lining around the orange slice right. and the yeah. cells inside of it is very different than if you are looking at the whole orange, you're looking at something else. Right. And so I wonder if part of that too, it's interesting because in 4.0, we really talk about simplifying in the midst of the complexity. And so on one hand, the 4.0 world is way more complex, but it's also the reason why we have to simplify and break it down to one orange slice. Because when we're looking at that one orange slice, yeah. 
it's not about down hyper focusing, but you're going to look and notice and make observations about that one orange slice. And then you come back and you look into the context of the whole orange. And so there's actually more thinking going on, which is why yeah. I feel like it's really a piece of discernment. Like we need to be discerning. We can't just, we don't get to just hyper focus on the orange slice. And we also don't get to just hyper focus on the orange but we have to look at the slice in its simplicity and we have to look at the orange and how that slice works in coherence and congruency with the whole orange in order to understand what is really happening. So not like trying to, um, you know, force an analogy or anything, but I just think that there's a way that sometimes when we think about 2.0 thinking to 4.0 thinking, it can feel like the same thing because part of lateral thinking absolutely includes linear thinking. There are facts and logic that is involved in that the same way that it used to be. But now there's also, because things are moving so fast, we have to simplify and we have to get out of, like you said, the rules and the traditional experiences of our thought. Otherwise, we accidentally come to the same conclusions when there are so many different variables today. And so we don't get to go, oh, an apple's an apple. It's the same. The entire inside is the same, not necessarily so. And so in 4.0, because there's more diversity, there's more uh, change and evolution of things, you have to look at those pieces in order to understand what has changed in the variables so that we can make better decisions. Yeah, and too often in our processes, you know, in terms of, of creative processes, what we've done is we've, we've added things on top of uh, the processes to the point that, that, that the processes are so complicated that it doesn't do us any good anymore. So we, we have to kind of back up, strip things down, subtract, not add, and, and simplify, as you said. And in doing so, we, we actually rebuild the whole process. We rebuild everything. Um, and, and make things simpler, but we've had to go through this long uh, thought process uh, of figuring out what is really valuable, what is really important, uh, and what can be stripped away because it's really making us um, unproductive, uh, inefficient, um, those kinds of things. So there's a ton of, uh, of thinking that goes on around that whole thing, but a lot of times we are, we're just trying to strip things away now so we can simplify and do things easier and in some case, and, and ideally more efficient and better. That's a good point about stripping away because I think that's another, on one hand, even though again, it seems like we're adding complexity by all these pieces of the orange, so to speak, there is a way that if you just continue to build on linear thinking, it gets more and more complex. So because you're dragging, you know, you're adding more trains on the already very long car train, right. um, you know, so if, if you already have all of these rules that were already pre-established, you have all of these processes that were already pre-established, you have all of these assumptions and facts already pre-established, and now you're adding this onto it, it gets too heavy. You're not nimble enough. And so you are using um, linear thinking, but you're not building on linear thinking alone in order to do lateral thinking, as you were saying, implies that you have to remove some things. You have to take some things away and make essentially your load lighter. 
Otherwise you're not nimble and adaptable enough. And so you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, we don't need that process. We don't need this system. We don't need this checks and balances. Yes, there is a reason why we set it up. Yes, it served its purpose in its day, but in order to do what we're gonna do, we don't need that. And so you have to get out of the box in order to really look at the box to understand what parts of the box do we need or we don't need, which is why you need in the box thinking, but also what lateral thinking adds is this out of the box perspective of the box. Right, yeah, so, so the box becomes something different. Uh, completely. <laughs> so absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree with all that. Uh, that's good stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, when we, when we, uh, so how do we, you know, uh, design thinking is kind of a, a big deal today. I can see there's a lot of books, a lot of uh, thoughts, uh, processes and in, in all of that. And um, do you have any thoughts on how that, how it may be different or, or, how that kind of fits into the whole lateral thinking piece? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do, th I think it's different. To me, design thinking brings together, it's part of marketing, it's part of experience, it's part of customer service. And so with design thinking, there is a way that design thinking is all about creating the experience, the essence, the vibe of how do we meet the needs in order to create a, solve a problem in a way that is culturally relevant, customer fitting, and creates a positive experience. So I would almost say design thinking can be a, a variable for lateral thinking. So you've got lateral thinking in this bigger umbrella, and you can be looking you know, inside your box, outside your box, and then you can be starting to form a suggested solution but then with that su suggested solution you're going to go put design thinking on top of it and so design thinking would help to apply and make sure that that solution i, I was listening to this really great uh podcast and their names i i can't even say um <laughs> but they're like brilliant genius people who was super fun to listen to i'll put the link in the notes. It was great. Anyhow, um, they were talking about how the podcast was about AI or the interview was about AI. And really they were talking about the, the it, the problem, the challenge in front of mankind today, in front of the world today. And this challenge is, is that AI and robotics is evolving and progressing so quick quickly. And even though man is programming, human beings are programming the computers and AI, eventually because of algorithms, computers can be smarter than humans because the algorithms allow a computer to essentially autopilot and run itself. And so if you continue to develop, and, and the assumption is, is that the people developing are developing in order to make mankind better and to improve the world. And the guy was making the point how over the last hundred years that has been true, that there's less violence in the world today, obviously still violence in the world, still wars, but less cumulatively than in history. And um, starvation and the care lifespan, things like that. 
that the world has advanced and improved in the last hundred years. However, where we're at in this place right now is this interesting, as we tip more and more into AI and into robotics, when the, so this is the piece about down and up thinking, is if you have engineers just looking down at solving a problem, it's great. And they're working really hard to solve a needed problem. But if you don't also look up at the same time, you can accidentally, they can create the AI that could destroy the world and be your worst sci-fi movie, right? Yeah. So really what they're talking about is sci-fi movies. Yes, we look at them and we're like, yeah, it's just a movie. But how much of life is a movie? It's just someone's imagination of, of where things are headed. And so it's possible for some of those things to happen, not because we want them to happen, but if you're just looking down solving this one box problem, but you don't look and you go, you know, it's like the Netflix movie. I think we referenced that a couple of podcasts ago. You're right. Like it, it is fun. I love having these talks on Friday and I have missed them for the last two weeks as well. So I think it was maybe three or four weeks ago and we had mentioned the social dilemma and how the social dilemma Really, I and I don't know, I'd love to talk to some of those people who made the movie The Social Dilemma because I don't think that they were inherently ripping apart Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and saying that these are evil people trying to destroy the world. No, nobody is an evil person trying to destroy the world. They were creating a social platform and they were solving a problem that the world had. And then of course, there's lots of comments about how social media isn't making the world better. And there, the, but yet there's also things, you know, sometimes what part of that is slow adapting where we're just uncomfortable. I'd rather have coffee with you face to face, not connect with you on Facebook or Instagram. So what is of that is my issue in adapting versus what truly is heading society in a wrong direction. And the whole movie around the social dilemma is really flagging this thing around bias and how the algorithms of AI creates a bias for people to superficially have their viewpoint hyperinflated that yes, look at all these things that agree with that. Look at all these things that agree with it. And so it creates greater division in society. And the greater division we have in society, the more we're in odds, we're right, wrong, whatever. There's, there's negative consequences psychologically and societally, which really is essentially what I think the social dilemma is pointing out to say, hey, hold on, what, what monster are we creating? And in this podcast or this interview, what was really important is they were kind of saying the same thing is we are at a landmark period of time where AI and technology is growing faster and faster and it could get out ahead of us. So if humans keep up with it, not that we always have to understand everything, but if we keep up with it, we can keep it continuing in order to better mankind, but we have to look down and we have to look up. How does it affect society, well-being? How, how is it impacting the overall so that solving the little problem doesn't accidentally hijack the bigger problem or the bigger opportunity. And that if we just look down, they're really saying engineers who don't even mean to do any ill will could be developing that horrible sci-fi movie reality for the world if we're not staying in sync. And I think that, sorry, that was so long, but- That's okay. 
that that's like the thing of lateral thinking is linear thinking is only going to look down at the problem. Lateral thinking allows the coexistence of your big picture thinking with your problem solving thinking at the exact same time. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it is the, um, somebody asked me the other day, um, I said, I was talking to, maybe it was even Easter uh, with some family over and I was talking about something and I started talking about the macro and the micro and that both are needed. And somebody said, well, explain what you mean to me, that, what that means. And so I said, let's take the, the game Sudoku. I play Sudoku on my phone. It's something that I do when I have a, a break or two. Mm -hmm. And I said, when I, when I start out with Sudoku, I start with, it's one to nine. I start my version. So I start with, you know, one and I try to find all the places where one fits and I go two and then I go three and I go. So I kind of work my way around there a couple of three times. And then I start looking at each row and I start figuring out what goes in each row and I go back and forth between those. And it is hard for, for some people, it's hard for people to do that. Uh, and, and I know that's kind of a, a simplistic version, but what you're talking about that looking down, looking up is, um, is, is hard to do sometimes because we get so focused on things. And I think so much of that is why we need, uh, we need people around us who can do not do both necessarily, but who can help us see the other, uh, the other version. Um, and it's, and so in agile, in agile programming, uh, one of the things they talk about is uh, you want to put the most important, uh, when, when you set up a, a, a season of programming, um, you want to do the thing that's going to bring most value to your customers. And, and so there's a role in there, he's called a technical project manager. And that's his role is to figure out what's going to be the most value, bring the most value for your customer. And then you hand it off to people and say, do it. And so in almost in that thing, in that way of thinking, you've got somebody who's looking big picture and you've got a team who's, who's in the minutia. Uh, so they're looking down, you're looking up and it all comes together to, to bring about a, a, a an awesome solution. Absolutely. And it, it is interesting because I feel like there are two different skills. I was talking with someone earlier this week that definitely is more, I like to reference it as trench, motorcycle, and helicopter. In the trench, that's where we're, you know, working, we're heads down. The motorcycle person is that leader who kind of oversees the trench and brings the bigger vision from the helicopter in between the trench and the motorcycle. So that's kind of your leadership in the middle. And then your helicopter is your big picture vision leaders. And I think that eventually, because in America, at least, there's been this thing about working your way up the ladder. So you're working in the trench and then you're working to managing the trench to the motorcycle, to the helicopter. However, I think this skill set, and of course leaders have needed to have vision and mission and values and big picture and where are we headed, of course. And there are people who are really great visionaries and naturally see that. However, I think the call is for more leaders to be intentional about being in the helicopter, seeing the big picture, but this, the importance of the continuity between the three from the trench, the motorcycle and the helicopter. Because if you're only in the helicopter and you just send the orders down, but you're not in congruence with it, or you're only in the trench 
and you're just trying to get things done and adapting to orders from the helicopter, you're not really in sync. And I think that's been one of the challenges maybe of the 3.0 era is creating these different definitions in some way and a mutual respect for the different roles, flattening the organization so that it's not so hierarchical, but there's more equality and more voice from the trench because you recognize, you know, that's the whole followership stuff that followers, right. no leader is a leader without their followers. So, you know, get humble and recognize you're nothing without followers. So, but at the same time, I think in 4.0, the trench has not had a voice. And so to the helicopter and part of 4.0 and part of lateral thinking is getting those ideas from the trench. And that is offering a perspective that we in the past might have been critical of and said, you know, they've only worked here a week. How can they know anything? Whatever, there's, there's kind of this critical jaded judgment um, of silent ego of how hard we've worked to get to a certain place, our competency and not surrendering it to somebody new or somebody younger or somebody less seasoned can't see something that we can't see. And so I think it speaks the lateral thinking, the importance of how our voices able to be heard and more people having voices and the power of the team, because we simply all have different seats and the different seats have to work together. Right. No, I, I agree. And that's, again, that's the value of the team. And that's a value from a leadership standpoint of being able to um, to look over, like you said, from the helicopter and, and yet still interact with uh, the people on the ground uh, and, and have a healthy interaction with that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I think, I, you know, some of the people that, that are talked about as really lateral thinkers like Elon Musk and, and Steve Jobs are both, you know, and I, I think about, they came at things in different ways. Like Steve Jobs was notoriously a micromanager in some cases. Uh, which is is not something that uh, we would necessarily ascribe to from a leadership standpoint, but right. he had incredible uh, he had an incredible gift to be able to to think so far outside the box and then and then work with those teams hands on uh, from a design perspective and uh, even from from a, a, a you know a product perspective to be able to bring things like the iPhone and uh, those kinds of things to our world. Elon Musk is is doing things in, in a different way and is uh, and is so wide in his um, in his thinking uh, with Tesla and Hyperloop and um, his his space SpaceX and those kinds of things. It's 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 interesting to see. But but at the same time, we all know we know that all both of them had incredible teams around him them to help them see their, you know, see things differently and to uh, build the, those organizations uh, in a healthy way. Totally. Okay. So let's just now real quick, I think we've covered it, but why it's beneficial, why do leaders need to kind of understand lateral thinking and develop this skill? What would you say kind of top three reasons why? Because uh, the solutions to the problem, to, to, to our problems today are, um, are, are not something that we can just follow a traditional methodology on. We can't just stack 
on top of things. We got to really, we really have to find uh, different solutions. The, the problems that we've been trying to solve. Uh, I mean, you think about drugs, homelessness, poverty. Uh, you think of it, we we have been trying to solve those for, you know, decades uh, in, in some cases, and we just we've not solved them. So we we need to come at things in a different way to, to solve those kinds of problems. That's, yeah. that's one. Yeah, for how sure. About, how about you? What's one for you? Um, yeah, okay. So for number one, kind of that complexity for today, uh, of today requires that I agree. I think another one is just, it's where innovation happens. And that sometimes we want innovation to happen and we sit there inside the box going, all right, what should we innovate? How do we do this different? you can't really innovate inside the box. And even your example, Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and the iPhone and things like that, they took a risk and they went way outside the box where people were like, what are you doing? But they had to, they had to do that because that was really the lateral thinking of getting outside of the box to solve a old problem in a new way, which created innovation. So I think that a reason to do it is if you want innovation, this is a way to get towards innovation. Yeah, it, it's highly, it's highly, it, it spawns uh, in, in not requires, but it, it, it uh, draws in highly creative people. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and creativity is a huge part of that lateral thinking. It has to be, right? Um, and so I, I think if you want to build a culture of creativity, you need to, to re-engage that lateral thinking. Creativity, innovation, design, um, all those things kind of flow from the same river uh, mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah, maybe so. that can be the number three point of it is it does draw creative people. And we know that for millennials, Gen Z, and even, you know, ourselves in a Gen X and same thing with baby boomers, people want their voice to matter and they want their work to make a difference. Nobody wants to just be a minion on the chocolate line. Uh, you right. want to be doing something that matters. And so I do think that this type of thinking allows more people to have a voice, more people to contribute to making a difference. So bottom line, it's just more of a modern culture. Yeah, no, I, I would agree completely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. Um, and so how do we do that? That's the, that's kind of the, the putting, you know, we've got to put it into practice. Yeah. And um, we're out of time. So yeah. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> just joking. Yeah. Next time. <laughs> Sorry. Put in no, the comments I, how you do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you how, how I think you need to do that. I think okay. you need to be, I think you need to, uh, I think you need to work in various disciplines. I think that's one of the easiest ways to do that yep. is, is uh, you know, people talk about working at the same job um, uh, for 40 years. That's long, long ago. Now we're changing careers every careers every three or four years. And when you do that, you bring different perspectives to new positions that allow you and, and you're bringing a variety of, of thinking to that new position that opens up um, uh, the ability to, to think laterally. I think engaging, reading, studying, being involved in various disciplines is one way to do that. I think it's a great point. I think we've talked about that actually in a yeah. past podcast about how, um, I don't remember exactly what our topic even was, but we were talking about how you, we don't really have the luxury of just wearing 
being in one industry line. So even yeah. if you're in landscaping, you still now, why would you need to understand design thinking? And why would you need to understand technology? And why do you need to understand AI when you're in landscaping? That's so crazy, but it's not crazy today because yeah. the reality is for our society and for psychology and the way people work and generations and communication, all of these different things, technology and whatever your industry is, in order to stay up with that industry, you have to be looking at these different things. I feel like for myself, even um, because uh, Mike is Mike is a pastor, and so we would do a lot of work in the church. And I feel like studying the trends of the church and understanding what's happening in the church has helped me really understand different things in business, even though they're very different and people in the church will get very upset about feeling like people are trying to make the church a business. It's really very interesting because they're, they're two very different industries and they have different purposes, but yet you can notice common themes and common trends or common issues. And so what that tells you is those common themes, trends, and issues are actually above a, an industry. And those are more thematic themes and challenges for the world today and society. And so you can see those things and then you begin to find those solutions and apply them to these different you know, old fashioned silos, but these different industries in which we work. But it's becoming more and more integrated. That web is, Critical. So I agree with you. The multidisciplines is really about creating your own web. So if you think you don't need to read about technology, you do. If you think you can ignore AI, you can't. If you think that you don't need to pay attention to these different human dynamics going on and all this talk about compassion and empathy and human burnout, you need to pay attention to it. It matters. So yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah. You know, problems are problems regardless of what industry they exist in. People are going to bring problems into, you're going to bring your, your spiritual problems into the business. You're going to bring your business problems into the, into the, into the church and, and, and pick any other industries you want to work in. They're going to affect you uh, either, you know, personally, emotionally, uh, or even, you know, just trying to solve problems. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree. Everything is so connected now that it's almost, I don't think it, it's almost hard to imagine being siloed. Right. But yeah. people try to do it. For sure. Right. They want to, because that's how they think they're creating simplicity, but the simplicity right. isn't through the silo. The simplicity is through understanding the whole, which is why the orange example is kind of cool and actually works. Um, let's see, let's come up with two more things on how to do it. I think another thing and how to do it is really around the theme that we have talked about before is questions and curiosity and making ideas and taking risks. Okay. We have not turned the corner in that so many businesses, people aren't afraid to say, Hey, I'm failing. Hey, I'm behind. Hey, I don't know what to do about this. And until people feel comfortable saying I'm stuck or I don't know what to do about this until leaders are better at asking questions than telling, we haven't really turned the corner. So even though this point has been talked about a lot, I think in order for leaders to improve in their ability to do lateral thinking, get a book on asking questions, read something like conversational intelligence, um, do something that helps your ability to ask questions rather than being the teller. Yeah. 
I think in line with that, I think something else I would add is learn how to deconstruct Mm. um, to break things down because essentially a rocket is built with uh, a a few things. And if you can buy those things in bulk, you can build a rocket for cheaper than you could buy one put together with. Uh, So so learn how to deconstruct and and deconstruct what you're going on because then you can say, "Well, well, the problem really is this we're not, we don't need to do that. We need to go around and, and, and do something else to solve that problem. So uh, to me, that's a, that's a huge, um, a huge skill that, that would help you uh, in, in your lateral thinking. I think that's great. That's interesting because it kind of brings another thought to mind real quick is I think a lot of times the problems on the surface or the challenges or the things that we're trying to solve today often are what I call decoys. And with a decoy, it's like somebody is making it like it's this big roadblock, it's this big deal, we can't solve this because of this, this, and this. But honestly, it's a decoy. That's not really the problem you're trying to solve. Like we all think it is, and that's what we're working on. But ultimately, if you solve that problem underneath it, there is another more real problem. And to your point about deconstructing, unless you actually deconstructed it and broke it down, you wouldn't really figure out it's not the tube that is, you know, from the gas chamber to this, that our tube is broken and we really need to replace the tube. There's actually a leak in the gas chamber and there's not any gas even in the gas chamber. So of course there's nothing going in the tube because we have no gas in the gas chamber. So sometimes we miss the problems under the problems because we haven't deconstructed it. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the examples I always look at think about that was with homelessness. You don't solve homelessness. Homelessness is a is a symptom of something else uh, Mm -hmm. for most from in most cases. And so you have to you have to break down. You have to deconstruct that to find out. In some cases, it could be an opioid uh, and a a drug issue. In some cases, it could be veterans. It could be PTSD that that many claim is really the the issue of the homelessness problem in in LA County. Uh, You know, so, and and they're different in different locations. Context matters. So absolutely. Totally. And that's great too, because again, that's the whole in the box versus the out of box. A lot of times when we're in the box, we are working with a set amount of assumptions and biases. I think that's that hot word for 2021 is biases, right? So we're working with so many assumptions and biases that you've already put the wrong variable into your equation. So, you know, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing and getting, thinking you're going to get a different result, but getting the same result. Of course you are, because when we keep putting in our same assumptions and biases, it leads us to the same conclusion. So in order to really deconstruct, we have to come outside the box because we can't deconstruct a box we're in. We have to come outside of the box in order to fully deconstruct it, deconstruct that rocket, and then rebuild it, which is what gives us new and fresh insights that we never would have seen from inside the box. Absolutely. Listen, I know you got to run, uh, yeah. and, but I, I thought this was a great conversation today. Uh, and so uh, we'd love to hear how you uh, engage in lateral thinking in the comments uh, and, and uh, just let us know how that works for you. Uh, and uh, we look forward to, uh, to hearing what you have to say. 
Absolutely. And if there's ways that you are learning about lateral thinking, if there's books or articles that you found that have been particularly helpful, or if there's something we said today that was confusing or was helpful to clarify something, make comments in the notes. We want to hear from you. And remember that you are part of the conversation. So what you share and what you contribute helps other leaders. So um, please don't be bashful about making a comment. Absolutely. Listen, you have a great weekend, Christy. All right, you too. It was really fun being together. You too. All right, take care. All right, take Bye -bye. care, everyone. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Innovative Leader Podcast with Christy Geiger and David Phillips. If you have questions, ideas, or thoughts to share, please do so in the comments. Help us raise the level of leadership and share with other leaders. We want to grow a community of leaders supporting one another. Follow us on YouTube or subscribe on the channel where you get your podcasts. To learn more, check out innovativeleader.co. Have a great week and lead well. It matters.